Hey, Julia. Hi, Autumn. So I heard you watched an interesting movie recently. I did. I watched a movie the other night about two people who are at a bachelorette party. They're getting married, and one of them reveals they've never had an orgasm. Okay, but is it gay? Welcome to Okay, But Is It Gay? Thanks for sticking around for season two or joining us for season two. Uh, I really want to call this season F is for Friends, but we'll see how that works out. Uh, This is a podcast about gay movies that uh, maybe you haven't heard of. I feel like the feels might be like a touch more mainstream. It's on Hulu. Yeah. (laughs) It is by Gravitas Ventures, which is like just a couple steps above Beloved Wolf Video. (laughs) (laughs) uh this week's guest is our good friend julia talon hi julia hi uh julia's in our mfa program with us she writes cool poetry yes yes my name's julia talon i'm an mfa student um and i am getting ready to enter my second year um i guess i wrote write poetry and other just like strange things um and I'm a queer lady. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your qualifications to That's, talk about. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all you need. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah, we're talking about The Feels 2017, directed by Janae Lamarck, who's also in the movie. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah she, she was the sister, yeah. Oh, oh, I had no idea. That's fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, before we jump into discussion, uh, there's not a lot of warnings for this movie. If something comes up, then editing Hal will save us. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to warn for the sexual themes. Frank talk about like sexual awakenings specifically, and then there's like discussions of infidelity. This is not a cheating movie by any means, but they're like they're, a big plot point is that someone has gotten cheated on, uh, and that's really the oh, a little bit of. A straight man fetishizing uh, right. uh, female, uh, not female, but like woo-woo relationships. There's also mm-hmm. nudity at the very, oh. very end after the credits. You're right. <laughs> I didn't stick around that long. I didn't and stick around that night long either. Oh, oh God. Autumn, Autumn said there's secret titties. Oh, yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, they, well, we'll talk about that when we get there. But I was also going to say... They kind of, and I don't know if this is me reading too much into it, but doesn't the movie kind of also imply some sexual assault, too? Yes. There's, like, an allusion to sexual assault. Yeah, it's yeah. not really explicitly talked about, but... Right. Um, did you guys know that I think I read that the film was, like, mostly improvised? Yeah. That's... What? <laughs> yeah, that's... which is Is that hilarious. why it's like that? I know, yeah. right? Like... I read in some, like, article that the director was talking about how she just, like, brought together this cast and had this idea, and a bunch of it's, like, 
improvised. And the problem with that, I felt, was that the chemistry between literally all the actors in the film seemed just so off and, and painful. <laughs> yeah, I There's was gonna two say... people credited for this screenplay. Oh. I also <laughs> read that this was improvised uh, mm. in multiple places, like as a bit of trivia. So yeah, I do think that's right. Um, and it, it does feel like it was improvised. And I hated, I wanted to love that because that sounds really fun. Right. Um, but I don't, and this may be just because I got like bad advice on writing as a youth. But like, I was <laughs> always taught that all conversations and even maybe even to go so far as like all dialogue in general should be serving some sort of purpose in stories. Oh my god. So I feel like that's most... true though, especially in like a short form. Like you get that in in plays a lot. Like if you have a line of yeah, dialogue yeah. that's not that's not either demonstrating character, developing a relationship or moving the plot forward, get rid of it. Right. right. And like movies, you only have so much time to do things and so much of these conversations went nowhere other than to cause me like physical pain, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally. Well, and I've I've actually seen there's this um great show on netflix called easy where a lot of it is just like um the writer just gives the actors like a page of what he wants to happen um Mm. and then they just go for it and it's like done really well and Mm. this was just exactly what you guys were saying like the dial like the scene (laughs) where they're like it's at towards the beginning where they're all to dinner and they're doing some sort of toast and i mean i'm just sitting there and i was just like i don't give a fuck about any of these characters (laughs) all that they're talking about is literally nothing i felt like they were just talking about air I didn't care yeah. at that point. Like I wanted to be invested, especially in the, in the two, um, you know, main characters, the couple or whatever. And I just totally wasn't. Yeah, and we we open on uh, one of a series of bizarre. It's almost like a framing device, but we don't ever. It never becomes diegetic. We don't ever understand where these interviews are taking place or where they're coming from yeah it's just each character takes a turn in front of the lesbian moose wall (laughs) (laughs) i really thought this movie was going to end with them deciding to do this like video thing to make lou feel better or something but Mm -hmm. no nothing happens with this it's just randomly here in this movie yeah. It's yeah, like a we, wedding gift for Lou or something. That's what I thought this was going to be. That mm. was the vibe. And, you know, each one of them are, t- they're talking about their, like, first time having an orgasm. And even that information, it, I was not invested in any of the characters. <laughs> yeah, it added nothing to, like, what we know about the characters or mm-hmm. why they act the way they do or anything or their relationships. Right? Exactly. Should I explain what I mean by lesbian moose wall? Yeah. <laughs> I had the exact same thought. <laughs> There's this wallpaper. It's really good wallpaper. I like this wallpaper. It's like in shades of white, orange, and pink. So like the lesbian flag. And then there's two doe moose uh, that are like sort of snuggling, like printed intermediately, uh, intermittently among like you know plant life that is the the colors of the lesbian flag and it's cute Mm -hmm. wallpaper and they're just having these interviews um like andy goes first 
and she talks about her sexual awakening and then also how much she loves Lou and uh, she makes this distinction between she is in love with Lou and she also likes her a lot, which I thought was really fun and interesting. We don't get, especially in rom-coms, the distinction between like loving someone romantically and just like liking being around them. And for a relationship to work, you need both of those things. Yeah, I thought that was a great opening for, you know, a Bachelorette movie, right? Like mm-hmm. Bachelorette weekend getaway before a wedding. That was a great opening. Yeah, that's true. I, I agree but with like, that. But where are these interviews taking place? Is that wallpaper in the house they're at? Because they rented that's this house for, right, for the right. Hindu. Like, this house wouldn't just have lesbian wallpaper in it, surely. That feels like something <laughs> that Andy and Lou's home would have. But, like, did they all, after this weekend, go to this, this couple's house to film this? Right. We don't know. It takes place in the lesbian dimension. those particular scenes especially completely removed from actual reality then we have the sequence of andy and lou jogging and lou is having trouble keeping up and that's foreshadowing Ooh, that's a vibe also she has she has terrible running form i just want to throw it out there it was so like no wonder she's exhausted her form is terrible autumn is an athlete (laughs) there are ways to to not exhaust yourself so much moving your arms unnecessarily and she's like flailing them around i don't know what she's Mm. doing with her body i feel that yeah i've never heard the phrase proper running form in my life oh my god that was my entire high school life nothing but proper running form (laughs) i had severe asthma growing up so the only thing that my gym teacher was focused on was just keeping me moving yeah that's well yeah gym teachers don't know anything don't listen to them anyway (laughs) yeah seriously (laughs) and then we didn't really run in volleyball i did one year of volleyball we never Mm. once warmed up oh that feels bad okay yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. it does (laughs) I was a theater kid, so I didn't do a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. I did volleyball and then immediately stopped that and did choir and theater. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Amazing. Then we cut to the two of them having sex. Uh, Sex with your sports bra on seems uncomfortable. (laughs) And apparently they they do have titties. There's like secret titties at the end. Sports bras are comfy. What do you? No, sports bras are the worst. They're very tight. I, you, I feel like you don't. You well, think don't that, Autumn? You think that because you are a sitting member on the itty bitty titty committee? <laughs> um, maybe you guys need more comfortable sports bras, actually. Um, because I have friends with large boobs, and they have very comfy sports bras that they love. So. Mm. I'm on the itty bitty titty committee too, and I am not a fan. Like, if you're having sex, don't you take the bra off? You want to feel that skin-to-skin contact. You're right. Mm -hmm. Like, in general, yes. But also, uh, find better sports bras to both of you. (laughs) I I was more confused. I love how they, like, zoomed in at one point on the fact that both of them had their socks on still. I don't know why that was hilarious (laughs) to me, but I had to write it down. They, like, kept their socks on. I just, like, I felt, uh, yeah, I mean, the entire, the entire movie, I just was, like, so bummed out at how like not 
in a relationship, the two of them felt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my god, they just felt like strangers, and I was just like, and then on top of that, like there's orgasm issues, and I was just so bummed about this. Like I wanted this like really fun, sexy lesbian couple who was just like <laughs> hot and into each other, and it was just like this awkward pair who felt I felt like I felt like all of their lines were improved. It's just so. And then on well, top you know, of that, one of them can't have an orgasm. I, okay, I went into this movie, this, like, the synopsis on, you know, Hulu or wherever, like, clearly says one of these women can't have an orgasm. And I thought this movie was going to, first of all, like, do some work destigmatizing like, that whole thing. Just yes. Um, which it didn't. It, <laughs> no. it was like actually terrible. It stigmatized anyone who's like had problems having orgasms. I feel right, like. right, and like first of all, you don't need to have like some people have legitimate issues having orgasms for various reasons, and you don't. That doesn't necessarily mean the relationship. You still have is a good time, or your yes. partner is bad in bed, or like you don't love each other or you're broken, and this movie did no work telling us any of those things. It was just like, oh my god, this shameful thing that Lou has. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then let's get those straight lady to tell me the, the lesbian how to have an or Oh god, the whole thing was such a shit show. <laughs> also, I definitely thought that it was going to turn out that Andy was having trouble having an orgasm, because she uh, is having a great time. <laughs> she's like the we there's this the sequence happens and they both uh quote-unquote orgasm and andy's one is so much bigger Mm -hmm. than and louder than lose and i was like oh girl you're late (laughs) (laughs) oh that's hilarious i thought it was funny from the beginning Mm. Oh my god! Like I, I looked at her. I was like, "Ah, oh, yes, she's the one with issues. She's I the just, one with the issues." Like, she just, she just gave me this vibe, like, because Andy the whole time acts so confident in a way that didn't feel faked to me. So I love that you thought it was fake. <laughs> um, and also the fact that Andy was the one chatting in the very opening about her like first orgasm and stuff. Mm. Um. Like, it's very clear as we get all of these little interviews, like, Luz is the only one that she didn't mention, at least the first time, orgasms at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they chat for a bit in, like, the afterglow. Meanwhile, uh, Josh has arrived, the only man in this cast, and we didn't need him. <laughs> yeah, why is there a man here? literally <laughs> like not to be anti-man but this is about a lesbian wedding and everyone he's else not is even gay and yeah and he's, he's like even... fetishizing lesbians the whole movie yeah and what Ew. and and like i feel like there's multiple characters who like think about hooking up with him like right. doesn't mm-hmm. the talk it's... with the loose sisters like maybe i'll hook up with josh and then you know the blonde girl and mm-hmm. also, like, what was that comic that he made, y'all? <laughs> Kitties will, and pups? Like, I we we so... will get to okay, Kitty okay, and pups. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's like decorating for uh, Bachelorette's weekend, and he like throws up some limp, sad streamers and this banner that like has sketches of a bunch of boob shapes 
on it, which is like fine decor slash an activity for a bachelorette's weekend, but I don't like this straight man participating in it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it felt like a fun a fun lesbian thing specifically, but the fact that this mm-hmm. dude was there like ruined it for me. <laughs> yeah. Josh greets other arrivals as they come. They've like rented a house in like it looks like Northern California to me. Yeah. Um, for Bachelorette's weekend, these are mostly Andy's friends. Uh and then Helen also arrives who is specifically Lou's friend, and they are all wondering where Nikki is, Lou's sister. I just want to point out the font for the text messages in this movie is atrocious. Oh it's my god, completely it's so bad. <laughs> yes, I agreed. was so angry looking at that. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like paint strokes, which exactly. is fine. It's like a fine font, but not for the thing they used it for. Which yeah. is a text. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, why this... not use that font for the, the names for the interviews instead? Mm. Yeah, agreed. And the completely readable font for that they use for the names, for the texts. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. What are you doing? Movies? Like, these things are only on screen for two seconds. We're supposed to digest both who is talking and what is being said, and we simply cannot. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Well, and so when they, you know, they all get to this house together, and I just think it's so odd that none of them have, like, ever met each other. Mm. When they have well, met each other? some of them have. Some of them have, have well, right? No, because whose friends have not met, uh, Lou's friends have not met Andy's friends, and oh. Andy's friends have not met Lou's friends. Right, but I met, like, what's her name, Vivian and Josh used to, like, hook up or something, right? Right, but they're all Andy's friend group. Like, the three of them are all here for Andy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, I'm like, why, wouldn't they have met? When, don't you all hang out? I don't know. <laughs> like, you mix your friend groups once in a while. Yeah. But, like, Ide- like what if Helen is just, like, they, they work together or something. They're, like, a work friend. She's, like, a work friend, right? So mm-hmm. what if Lou really only hangs out with her, like, in those circles and just, it just doesn't. Sometimes you only hang out with people in certain circles. Like, that happens. That's fair. Maybe. I was just, like, it w- It seemed really strange that this was, like, the first time any overlapping of worlds had happened. Was that the that's, bachelor party? Yeah. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Anyways. Helen works at a restaurant. Like, I feel like if... Like, when, when I was dating a guy who worked at a restaurant, me and my friends ate there. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe uh, Lou didn't want Helen to meet all these people because Helen, as I wrote in my notes, is a lot. <laughs> lot. I love her. I'm a Helen stan. I, I, me too. I love Helen as well. I don't dislike her. But, but she's every... a lot. She's so much. First of all, she's very tall and very she broad, is. very pretty. Yes. Uh, and then her personality is uh, a lot. <laughs> she's a oh, bit she... much. Big personality. Mm-hmm. She just, she says a lot of things, like, with no filter. And I had to pause yeah. this movie several times from, like, <laughs> secondhand embarrassment and just emotionally recover from the things she was saying. Because, mm-hmm. um, as we just said, they don't know each other. Nope. They're strangers. And Helen is saying so many things out loud with her mouth. She's strangers. <laughs> she definitely is. 
so Andy and Lou arrive at the house as well, and they're the explosion of joy that happens when all of them are in this room together is very good. I want my friends to greet me like this every yeah. time we attend an event together. <laughs> Great. Uh, Andy asks Josh about the titty banner, <laughs> which is apparently uh, Lou's sister's Nikki's idea. Uh, it's a game where you feel up your friends and guess their boob shape. That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a fine idea for a bachelorette uh, party game, I think. Especially like a drunk game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. In order to assemble this banner, Josh, uh, everyone had to send Josh a titty pic. That felt bad. I didn't like that. That feels really bad. And like, Josh is so, he acts so sketchy and gross this whole movie. I believe he still has those pictures on his phone. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> he does say that his his titties are on the banner, which I, I've, I've written, including Josh's titties, which is nice. It's equality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, but I just can't get over <laughs> that he has these pictures on his yeah. phone now. You if know? Josh was a different character. Again, if Josh was like a gay dude. <laughs> or, Josh hear was... me out, if he wasn't a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we must have a man, why can't he be gay? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oi. Josh Josh also drew characters from a comic strip that he used to draw for Andy when they were little kids. Because Andy, (laughs) you know, uh, when you're a small child and you don't know anything and you decide things about the world that are inevitably wrong. <laughs> Andy, when she was little, thought that all kitty cats were girls and all puppy dogs were boys. And so I guess Josh drew this comic strip throughout their childhood about a girl cat and a boy dog that are friends called Kitty and Pups. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have anything inherently wrong with that, but just the way Josh I... talks about literally everything feels gross somehow. And I don't know. Yeah why this is how this specifically feels gross but it feels gross mm-hmm. he's also looking at her in this really yes. intense way he's like yeah. look at what i've made for you also like i don't know why do we have to gender these animals <laughs> what was the point of that moment like well yeah. okay julia you see all of media <laughs> genders the animals so this, this this was inevitable, really. Yes. With Thanos' voice, inevitable. <laughs> uh, I guess you guys are right. Yeah. But again, it just, it was like, it was like this whole moment of like, oh, Josh and Andy are connected as kids, but it was just in the strangest way. And so we got four minutes of this bizarre comic book. Yeah. I don't know. Another just, like, strange moment in the film where I didn't feel like I gained any deeper understanding about what how anyone is, except for that Andy-gendered just... cats and dogs. Yeah, we, we didn't need that improvised, right? Yeah, That yeah. didn't need to be an improvised moment. That could have been like a, oh, let's quickly give us a bit of info and then move on. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. The fact that you, that we didn't, like actually get to know these characters despite this being a very lengthy anecdote about their childhood and growing up together is a little bit impressive 
<laughs> I mean, they they read from it a little bit at one point from a comic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't learn anything about those characters or about Andy and Josh from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. I just think Josh is weird still. Like <laughs> well, creeping me yeah, out more. You're right. Yeah. He's a big weirdo, you're right. Yeah. Nikki uh, texts Lou, says that she is going to be late, uh, probably won't make it to the house right away, but will make it to dinner. Lou is sad because Helen and Nikki are the only two of her friends that could make it to the party. Um, I and felt apparently, that. <laughs> <laughs> I relate to Lou a lot in this movie, actually. I'm going to throw mm-hmm. that out there in advance. And like her panic at having now only one friend at this party, I felt that. That's a vibe, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> then we get Lou talking in front of the gay moose wall. Uh, she talks about how much she loves her friends and how when her and Andy met, uh, she saw Andy, like, across a room and was like, oh, wow, that woman is really beautiful and confident and amazing. I'm not going to talk to her. And then Andy Dude. walked over to her <laughs> and started talking to her, and it was very scary. And you're right. That's a mood. That is such a mood. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but we don't, not in that first one, we didn't get that she hadn't had an orgasm. That doesn't come until they... Take no, right. yeah, right. Okay, that's what what implied to me that she, oh, this must be the character that hasn't mm. had one before because mm-hmm. she's the only one for this interview that doesn't immediately talk about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then the f- the friends talk in the kitchen about raw dogging it in the pines. Um, <laughs> I think Helen brought that up, right? Yeah. Oh yes. Like <laughs> you just met these people, and that is what you say out loud. <laughs> and, and she's not even she doesn't have the excuse of being drunk when she says that. Nope. <laughs> so another thing that is hap- that is happening in this scene is that uh, Josh is trying to flirt with Vivian, who is trying to flirt with Helen, who is flirting with Kareen who is maybe flirting with Josh or maybe jealous of Josh flirting with Vivian and Vivian is trying to is trying not to flirt back with Josh. Wow. How I did not do that <laughs> at I, all. I wrote down uh for this for this moment I wrote down Josh throws like 50 compliments at Vivian for some reason. Like, in a row, one after the other. He just Uh has this really long string of words with, like, no real pauses, compliment after compliment. Vivian's just, like, taking them, not really sure what to do with them. I was so uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Then they pick Helen as the designated driver. They, like, draw names out of a hat, which is a perfectly responsible thing to do. And then we're off to dinner. Gosh, yeah. First we talk about, like, regular Helen. Helen's nickname is Regular Helen because it used to be that there were two Helens in culinary school. And our Helen was Weird Helen. And there was a Regular Helen. But then Regular Helen threw a knife at a teacher's head. And so she got upgraded to Psycho Helen, which, like, can we stop calling people right. psycho for yep. throwing knives at people? Stop. Which meant that Weird Helen became Regular Helen. And so our Helen is Regular Helen. And this is the moment that I became a Helen stan, because that's rude. 
Oh, I see. So you just like Helen out of like anger at this scene. <laughs> and also she's endearing. <laughs> she is endearing, yes. She's so tall. Oh my, God. <laughs> my like yeah. Word. Uh, then uh, Kareen gets everybody's attention to make a toast and also sing a cappella in the middle of this restaurant, which seems super embarrassing for everyone involved. Definitely, and yeah. the a cappella definitely felt improved as well. So, wasn't yeah, she like really off key? Not, why wouldn't you do that back at the house? Yeah, yeah. Why are you doing that at this restaurant? And then at this point, I felt like I was supposed to feel the feels of some sort. <laughs> and I'm just like cringing and just. Yeah, no, pain. I'm like, okay, this is really awkward. They're in public. Most of people yeah. don't even know each other. What's happening? Mm-hmm. And then Lou and Andy, it's like, I just don't even believe that they're in love. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like they're. I, I thought it, they were fine for the most part. I I got annoyed at the end when they have their, like, fight because all the issues they brought up didn't feel like they were things we saw throughout the movie. Like, yeah. they okay. were just fine, you know? And I was, yeah. Can we talk about, like, just for a second, how when they have a big blowout fight, they're talking about, for the first time ever, getting a dog? I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, two lesbians are talking about getting a dog, like, within the first three months of a relationship, I feel. (laughs) Don't stereotype, Julia. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's going to happen. She's right. Like, literally, you're going to have a fight about, you've never talked about getting a dog, and you've been together that long. I believe that Lou would have been afraid to bring that up before now. Because, again, I understand Lou on, like, a spiritual level, and I believe that of her. Clearly, I Lou, that moment. Clearly, Autumn, you feel very spiritually connected to Lou. I do, yes. Love that. I love that That is a you. good point. Like, yeah, that seems the weird. They conceit, never brought it up before. The conceit of this movie seems to be... The fact that Lou has never had an orgasm, despite being in a long-term relationship with Andy, uh, has been, you know, faking it this whole time. It's The conceit seems to be that that is the catalyst for them talking about some deeper issues with their relationship and Lou's anxiety and Andy's, like, overbearingness. But we never really get those things demonstrated in the text before the orgasm thing happens. What, also, no. some no. I was I was agreeing. Like, no, you're oh, right. Okay. We never got that. But also, like, why is the fact that she hasn't had one before mean their relationship is terrible? Yeah. Why does it have to mean that? Yes. <laughs> true. True. Ugh. It's like this fix. This cultural fixation on the fact that sex should be at the center of your romantic relationships, and also only a certain kind of sex. Yeah. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's super annoying. And a little bit homophobic, if I'm being honest. Yep. It's like right. hetero it's like grafting it. it's grafting heteronormativity onto this lesbian relationship and we do not need it. We just don't need it. We don't No. He- this movie he- could have done so much work unpacking that instead. It's yeah. so true. So true. And yeah. 
I mean, and that was like also in the in the article I read. I mean, the director wanted the film to be, it seemed about like the complexities and nuances of the female orgasm, and the film just feel. I felt like it just flattened everything out, and again, yeah, mm-hmm. made the entire like made the relationship like suck because this orgasm wasn't happening, which is just super like not chill. Yeah. And they would have talked about getting a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Also that. (laughs) Then we meet Nikki. Uh, She is out in her car uh, talking to her presumed partner, husband, about how they need to stop fighting in front of their two daughters. Uh, Then she interrupts Vivian's toast as she is arriving. Uh, Vivian is talking about how she lied to her boss uh, about getting her eggs harvested this weekend in order to come on this trip. <laughs> that was actually kind of funny, it, yeah. That was funny, but also, why is your uh-huh. boss that terrible, actually? Literally. Yeah. If that's <laughs> the only help? thing that you can say to get your boss to give you two days off, like, that, honey. You gotta quit that <laughs> I, job. <laughs> I wish you all the best of luck in your job search. Like Seriously. <laughs> Josh makes his toast. Uh, he's the best. He's Andy's best man, and also dubs himself the only man because he's you know the only man at the bachelorette's weekend. Yuck yuck. Uh, then starts talking about how apparently Andy and Lou had a bad breakup in the middle of their relationship, oh and then God, got back together. Yeah, dude, what are you doing? Seriously, yeah. what are you doing? And then and then um. Nikki tries to be like, hey, maybe don't, like, talk about their breakup right now because this is their bachelorette weekend. And he gets so angry at her. Yeah, he's like, who are you? You just got here. Bud, that's her sister. And And she wasn't being rude to him. She wasn't being rude to him. She said it so nicely. She she did. They're visibly uncomfortable, Lou and Andy. They're, like, looking down. They're like, oh, no. Yeah. Ugh. Josh is the worst. Josh sucks, yeah. Then he tries to say congrats in Chinese and completely biffs it. And that was that's... like, ugh, annoying racism. <laughs> <laughs> Classic white guy, yeah. Uh, Nikki said, Nikki makes her toast, and it's about how Lou, despite being her younger sister, has always taken care of her. And so, uh, in order to pay her back for that, she brought Molly. As she should. <laughs> And she should. And they take it immediately. Yeah. While at dinner at this restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) Why would you do that? What's it? They then go to a club. (laughs) They go to a club after dinner. But like, why aren't you like popping Molly in the car um, from the restaurant to the to the club in private where nobody's Um, going to see you? I mean, why is the driver taking it? In general. <laughs> also that Helen takes the MDMA. <laughs> <gasps> That's true. But also, like, in their defense, the dinner was so awkward and Josh was so shitty that, like, I don't know, <laughs> taking some Molly at dinner, like, I could You simply see. have to take drugs. <laughs> I could see why that decision was made. Nikki then, and after they're all on drugs, Nikki tries to have the very serious conversation of apologizing to Lou about being late because, like, her husband flaked out on uh, taking the kids for the weekend. And Lou, like, gets upset for a second, but she's on Molly, so it's fine. (laughs) Don't apologize to someone while they're on drugs. 
Yeah, poor timing. Again, awkward. Or is that the best time to apologize to someone? No. (laughs) (laughs) And then Uh, the big reveal. Of Vivian and Josh used to hook up, which is ridiculous because he is the most average man I have ever seen. And she's no, below average. She's a low average. <laughs> and she is a model. Yeah. Literally. I mean they're Josh all, is all not the attractive. girls. No, he's not. All the girls are so attractive and then Josh, ew. And then yeah, and then his personality makes it like twenty times worse. Literally. Yeah. He looks like a creep and is a creep. If yeah. you're gonna be a creep, at least don't look like a creep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Lou, then they all sit down at a booth to like have some drinks at this club and Lou is having a very good time on Molly and asks absentmindedly uh, is this what an orgasm feels like and <laughs> that's uh how we get the plot rolling yeah that's how we get the plot rolling question mark I was uh, wondering how that reveal was going to happen and I have to mm-hmm. say that's not how I expected it to go down I figured that she would, like, either be drunk or they would get into a fight. Mm. Yeah. Those were my expectations. I thought they were going to be, like, admitting things or something, Mm -hmm. like how you sometimes do at parties, you know? Yeah, like a truth Mm -hmm. or dare. Or, or like, never have I ever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You say never have I ever had an orgasm and you devastate the entire table. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is, like... (laughs) <laughs> everyone reacts to this in sort of varied ways like confusion uh helen is like oh you mean that you've never had uh this uh, like a spe- the specific kind of orgasm that you get when you're like having penetrative sex like with a guy mm-hmm. you've had an orgasm with a girl obviously right <laughs> <laughs> i love helen oh my gosh yeah that was so awkward <laughs> andy's very visibly upset uh, I don't remember what Josh said. I've just written here, Josh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember it's, like, really awkward for a couple seconds, and then we just have a hard cut to, like, the next morning. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of hard cuts in this movie. <laughs> there are. There was, I mean, I liked, the montages were probably my favorite part of the film, just, like, these mm-hmm. really pretty shots of the nature. Mm. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but they're, 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 like, right in between the hard cuts, Yeah. Uh, so then, like, yeah, it's the next morning. Nikki is putting up more decorations, and Josh, like, confronts her about it. I cannot emphasize enough for people who are not going to watch the movie, just want to listen to this episode. Uh, Josh put up four singles, like, crepe paper streamers around this very large open plan kitchen and living room. And Nikki comes in and is putting up banners and rosettes and fancy streamer like those those twisty things and like little crepe paper bows and he's like what was wrong with the decorations before like dude honestly he never felt more like a straight man than in that moment to me mm-hmm. uh like i think he, it's the the next the next moment that happens that's valid but like <laughs> to me just 
first, she's not, once again, Nikki is so nice to Josh for no reason. Like, she doesn't go to him and say, wow, you did a terrible job decorating. You should, like, go hate yourself for the rest of the week. She just, in the middle, like, of the night, like, no one's around quietly. She doesn't want, like, credit for it or anything. She's just trying to fix it up a little bit. And he Mm -hmm. finds her and starts, like, attacking her again. Yeah, and it's really heavily implied that she's doing this because she feels bad for being late. (laughs) Yeah. Right. She's not, like, doing it because she hates Josh. He takes it so personally. Like, get a hobby, my dude. Straight (laughs) up. Nikki breaks into tears because of the everything that is happening to her. And, like, admits that she is getting a divorce from her husband. They have two children together. It's a lot. Josh tries to comfort her, and he's bad about it. And then he Mm. kisses her. And I have written in all caps, do not kiss her. <laughs> oh my gosh. And see, this is one of my frustrations with the film. It's like, God, you know, I watched this film for the first time during the pandemic. And when we were just like, it was massive isolation mode. And it's just like, we're all just starved for queer content. And so I watched this film for, you know, the lesbian relationship. And here we got to, like, center this divorce and the straight dude trying to kiss the woman. And it's just, like, where the, what about the, like, what about the queer relationships? I mean, even at the very end, like, towards the end, which I know we'll talk more about when, like, Helen and Kareen start making out, they're, like, on the side of the frame. Why are they on the side? They should be in the center. This is a gay movie about gay people. Yes. Where's the gay shit going on? Yeah. But in general, I was going to say, why is so much focus spent on these side characters' relationships in general? Because it's taking away from Andy and Lou. Right. Mm -hmm. Julia, as you've been complaining about this whole time, it doesn't feel like we have enough of them to really believe their relationship. Sure, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. So that was weird. Agreed. The worst. Josh. So he kisses her. She's into it, so it's fine, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Nikki's self-conscious about her breasts because she's breastfed both of her children and uh, in that moment I said out loud titties is titties that's what Josh said (laughs) that is also what Josh said (laughs) that is the one moment that I I have to say I did support Josh Uh, yep (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he had an opportunity to be a gross straight man and he did not take it and you know what that's the bare minimum Yep, it is. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get Andy and Lou waking up in bed together. Lou is hungover. Andy very clearly wants to talk about last night, but Lou flees down to breakfast. Uh, Then we get Vivian bringing Nikki coffee uh, to her room, sees Josh in, uh, in her bed, and, like, very justifiably... Sort of, she like goes to leave, the, sees him, goes to leave the room, and does like a full three sixty turn. Like, mm, uh, uh, hey, aren't you married? I thought that was kind of rude the way she said that. I really did not like Vivian in this entire movie, so maybe I hmm. just like was predisposed to like hate everything that she said. But I mean, again, like they don't know each other; they're strangers, and she just she says it so bluntly. It came across as rude to me. Oh, I didn't read it as blunt at all. I read it as, like, super reluctant. She was like, oh, ah. But that's, like, that's, like, the way, like, this kind of underhanded thing that, that 
people will do sometimes when like they're trying to be rude but like don't want to come across as being rude that's the vibe i got the the passive aggressive question or whatever yeah okay but also it's like we don't know because the thing was improv so it just feels weird (laughs) like how do we know what what the intention was behind that line or that moment nikki is still wearing her wedding ring Mm. i mean yeah like that you know, is a valid thing for Vivian to, like, think. But also knowing that, like, she and Josh used to hook up and she later admits that she was kind Mm. of jealous that, like, Josh didn't go after her. He went after Mm -hmm. this stranger. It, it, that also added to, like, the, the pass, passive aggression vibe. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get it. I understand. I could see that, yeah. Uh, then, uh, Nikki is, Nikki's turn at the gay moose wall. She tells this slightly weird story about being at a pool with friends and she's in the hot tub and one of the jets hits her, you know, and she's like, ah. <laughs> oh, that's right. This mo- this moment I related to. <laughs> <laughs> and an older girl, like, makes fun of her for this. Uh, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, she's like 13. That's like a thing a 13-year-old would make fun of, I think. I guess. Yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't think that was... I. Some of the other ones, some of the other little interview things felt weirder than that one to me. Okay. Uh, she also talks about... Hi, Copper. She also talks <laughs> about how she was aware of the word penis, but not the word vagina at that age. And that could have been a great thing to, like dive into more later in this movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like to unpack and once again it's just kind of brought up in this weird little interview moment and never again yeah because like in general amab sexuality is more acceptable than afab sexuality like people with penises are like it's more it's like the cultural idea is like oh it's easier for them to orgasm and also they do it more often and also they are voracious about having orgasms and like people with vaginas are just like oh you just lay there it's fine sex isn't actually (laughs) for you so it's fine right uh then we get vivian telling andy about josh and nikki sleeping together which i don't know if that was her business (laughs) yeah yeah, I don't know. That that did, once again, it felt like Vivian's just upset for, like, personal reasons, and she's got to go gossip about it to other people now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how Andy finds out about the divorce. Uh, and, yeah, and Vivian talks about how she's sad that Josh didn't sleep with her. Girl, you deserve better. <laughs> yeah. Then we immediately get Helen in front of the gay moose wall talking about her sexual awakening, which happened through reading her aunt's collection of, like, erotic novels. I love this for her. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) She's describing this. She's, like, in her grandmother's bed, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's just sit with that. It was also her bed she, she was sharing at the time. That does not make it better in my mind. (laughs) I'm just saying there's context. (laughs) Then things are awkward at breakfast. Uh, Andy Andy, Andy (laughs) is channeling her frustration at the situation with Lou at being angry with Josh for sleeping Mm -hmm. with Nikki, I think. 
I think she's valid at being mad at Josh, though. It sounds like this is the mm-hmm. thing he always does. Yeah. Like, yeah. could you keep it in your pants for this weekend, maybe? Yeah. This is why we don't invite straight dudes to our bachelorette parties. Literally, because yeah. we're going to make it way too heteronormative. <laughs> and then they open gifts, right? That's the very next thing. Yes. That starts happening. It's like, Vivian's gift was just some underwear i think and (laughs) everyone got like everyone starts making fun of them and i thought they were fine well i think the thing is that they're not like pretty panties like if you're gonna give a bachelorette gift like and it's gonna be underwear maybe people expect it to be lingerie and it's just like regular like they're pretty they're nice but they're not like you know sexy and so that's what people are or making fun of, which, like, okay, whatever. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Karine's gift includes uh, hers and hers vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that felt like more like a normal gift, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like party. <laughs> uh, before this happens, Vivian and Karine had been um, making fun of Nikki and Josh sleeping together by, like, making like moany noises and then Helen in this moment starts talking about different kinds of orgasms and all of that on top of each other makes it makes Lou feel like she's being made fun of Mm. and so that's how uh Lou ends up finding out about the divorce because Nikki's like no they were making fun of me because I slept with Josh that's such an awkward way to reveal all of that information how uncomfortable like can you imagine (laughs) Oh my gosh. Seriously. And then Nikki says, I didn't tell you because I wanted to protect you by waiting until after the weekend was over, which is fair and good, uh, but maybe you shouldn't have slept with someone over this weekend if that was the plan. Yeah. I mean, obviously she didn't intend to sleep with him. Yeah, but like she had control over her actions though. We yeah. make choices in this life. And she chose Josh. It definitely, the, the scene didn't feel like it was, like, they were thinking about it. She had a, a moment, an opportunity to, like, stop it, and she didn't, so, yeah. 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 And then I've written, shut up, Josh, again. I don't remember what he said. Um, I don't either. The next thing I have written down with Josh is his interview. I don't know if that's what you were talking about. No. Okay. Uh, Lou is upset that she is, like, the last person to find out about the drama. Like, her and uh, Andy go talk outside, and everyone else is back inside. Helen can't remember the drama happening because she was crossfaded, and everybody's like, you were the designated driver, and she was, like, designated to get y'all from the house to the restaurant. We got an Uber home from the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you had one job, Helen. Yeah, the designated driver isn't just about driving. It's also about making sure that no one dies while you're yeah. out. It's about mm-hmm. making sure people drink water. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Making sure no one, like, accidentally goes home with sketchy people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tying a rope to the drunkest person and leading them through the parking lot to the car. <laughs> it's a yeah. responsibility. It's a, yeah. yeah. Usually culminates in, like, a run to Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Outside, Lou and Andy are trying to have a heart-to-heart because Lou is feeling really weird and vulnerable and, like, all this stuff is happening at once. Um, And Andy is still super crestfallen about the orgasm thing. And Helen, why are you here? Come back inside. (laughs) (laughs) She 
just materializes. Oh my yeah. God. Which I thought was creepy. I was very <laughs> creeped out. She's like trying to apologize. Uh, she's like, here, here's my gift. Uh, I'm really sorry for like making things awkward. <laughs> As she continues to make things awkward. Uh huh. <laughs> but then she also offers because she has to go get the van from the restaurant parking lot. She's like, "Hey, if you want to get out of here, you can come with me to get the van." And like, that's a good gesture. Yeah. Right. She needs to clear her head. Yeah, and she jumps on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Lou and Nikki both come with Helen to get the van in an Uber. Uh, Lou tries to talk to Nikki about the divorce, not in front of these two strangers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Helen starts telling the driver about the drama girl. I know. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> super fresh and they're both like so still fresh. upset about it. Yeah. Wait, but isn't this at this point, aren't they smoking weed together? No, that's later. Okay. The, yeah, that's this after is they... in arrive <laughs> yeah this is in the uber on the way to get oh, okay the van, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. which contains the weed <laughs> which contains the weed that's right uh then andy and josh talk and he's like uh why did you make everything weird by sleeping with nikki uh josh thought that the divorce was general knowledge <laughs> then why wouldn't you know already yeah. you're in the group yeah exactly you think that Andy wouldn't have been like, oh, it's really uh, tense here right now because Lou's sister is getting a divorce. Like, <laughs> come on. Think with your brain. I mean, that specifically is more on Nikki, though, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah, Josh's Nikki... fault that Nikki's going through a divorce and didn't tell anyone, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Josh shouldn't have slept with Nikki, but also Nikki shouldn't have slept with Josh. Mm. Yeah. That Josh calls Andy out on the orgasm thing, which is completely uncalled for. Totally. Stop. Yeah, he like. Oh, I think he's trying to. Oh my god, dog. He's like trying to be. He's like trying to be funny, like teasing her, like maybe you're just bad in bed. But like, why would you say that right now? She's clearly. This is like a really sensitive thing for her. This is a currently open wound. They have (laughs) not had time to patch this. That's something you like tease about in five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Josh accuses her of being unaware of everything except what's easiest for her. We have not had this demonstrated. No. Like, if this kind of bombshell is going to drop from a character, it you need some breadcrumbs first. And that's why you can't improv the whole movie. Right. Yes. Yeah, like, 1, I wanted to see moments of, like... Lou not wanting to do something but she agrees because like Andy wants to or looking a little uncomfortable and then like faking a smile or something or yes. Andy being oblivious about a thing but we get none of that okay. yeah. the entire relationship is flattened by the freaking improv crap mm-hmm. yeah. Josh's like big piece of evidence for this theory of course is that Andy hasn't noticed that he's in love with her dude that is your problem That's your problem. (laughs) Also, excuse me, Josh. This is Andy's bachelorette weekend. Yes. Uh Celebrating an upcoming wedding to someone else. And he's like, this is a great time for me to mention this piece of information about myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it never becomes pertinent. It never becomes important. 
Uh, no, it's just another layer of creepy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would have kicked this man out at that very moment if he said that to me right then. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for telling me. Go home now. I agree. Yeah. Bye. Mm-hmm. We get Nikki and Lou FaceTiming with Nikki's two young daughters. I want to say they're like five and seven. Uh, maybe like, uh, you know, four and six. Uh, it's very cute. The two of them yeah. are like really shook up about everything. Uh, so Helen gives them some weed to calm down. <laughs> And this is when we get this awkward moment with, like, Lou saying that she's going to feel like Beyonce when she has an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) She, like, has never had an orgasm before. So as far as she knows, you turn into Beyonce. (laughs) Yeah. Which was, like, what the heck is going on with that? I don't know. What does that mean? That was another moment where I was just cringing and felt so awkward. And they talk about backup dancers pouring out of her vagina. Yeah, like, <laughs> no. no. I blocked that out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It makes sense. I, it's That was, like, I that didn't feel right to me. I mean, they're trying to, like, lighten the moment. Mm-hmm. Because she's so upset, and she, like, also, like, says some stuff, like, asks if she's broken because she's never had that was mm-hmm. stuff. That was a and, tender like, moment. Mm-hmm. And that could have been a great, like, gateway to talking about how you don't have to have one Literally. to be a full person. Instead, yes. we just, yeah. this continues to You're be, like, not... a shameful thing. Yes. And it's framed like, oh, don't worry, one day you'll have one, instead of, like, it's okay that you haven't had one. Yeah. Yeah. It you does... don't have to have an orgasm to be a full person. You also really don't have to have an orgasm to have good sex. Like, if that's the thing that you're concerned about, like, mm, the rest of your sex is real bad if the only thing that's good about the sex is the orgasm. (laughs) Yes, 100%. And it's just, like, the the way that they avoid those conversations, it just makes, it just, like, re-inscribes that question of, am I broken? It just makes, it would make someone feel that way. I don't know. Yeah, someone mm-hmm. watching this movie who's never had one is going to feel bad about themselves instead literally. of feel better. Yeah, yeah, literally, yep. Uh, we cut back to Andy at the cabin. She's on her computer, like, researching. She's on her computer, hi, Copper. She's on her computer uh, doing a thing that is good. She is researching, uh, you know, different ways to get your partner who has a vagina to orgasm. And, like, yeah, absolutely, it, Go for it, Andy. I don't think that you should be blaming yourself in this moment, especially since Lou was faking it the whole time. How are you supposed to know? Right. Um, But if you find out your partner is not feeling something that they want to feel, if like an orgasm, if she wants to eventually have an orgasm, then why not look up ways to make that happen? I thought this was a weird time for her to Google that, though. Yeah, it's just that she's so fixated on it because she can't get it out of her head because they haven't talked about it. They need to have a conversation about this so badly. Yeah, like, okay, Lou faking them is very bad, like, to be clear. Yeah, you should don't never, do that. You should never do that. Um, but I Especially if that, you're with a dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, other than that, I don't know. I thought... Everyone, everyone in this movie was too fixated on, like, mm-hmm. how important they were. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Definitely. 
Um, but, but wait, did did you did you skip Josh's interview moment? Because I do want to talk about that like a lot. I wrote it down happening before Andy starts googling stuff. But if you have, you're right. After, you're right. Okay, this happens I, even before Andy and Andy and Josh talk. Josh. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, tell us I about, just want, about Josh's want interview <laughs> in front of the lesbian moose wall. Why does he get an interview in front of the lesbian moose Literally, wall? Literally, yeah, yeah. Why does he get an interview at all? <laughs> Seriously, anyway. we do not need more of more of him. He's like talks about how he doesn't remember his first orgasm, but he remembers Andy's. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god. I was so. Dis- I think I had to pause again. Oh my like, god! And recover emotionally. Mm-hmm. This is where we get a lot of. He definitely fetishizes uh, like women loving women relationships, lesbian relationships. He, he says that. The- yeah, yeah. And it's like, Gross. why do we need Stop. this in a lesbian movie? They are, like we've already got so much of this shit, anyways. Yeah, it feels so out of place in this film. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I just, like, she would tell me stories, and I just find it so hot. Ugh. You Andy, gross. you need a new friend. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> She's got other friends. Yeah, that, I would feel so unsafe if I knew that about my friend. Mm-hmm. I would, too. supposed to be her closest friend. I mean, they've been friends for so long, since childhood. Yeah, it feels like she's holding on to him because of nostalgia, and, like, not seeing, but at the same time, and, like, not seeing, like, the bad parts of his personality because of that. But at the same time, she seems to be aware of the fact that he ruins everything with his dick. So why is he here? Drop him. Right, and the, the narrative doesn't frame all of this stuff with him as, like, bad, as Andy mm-hmm. should drop him as a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Andy's, like, looking this stuff up for like how do I make my uh, partner orgasm and her friends are like why are you looking that up stop <laughs> and they like sort of descend she's like up in her room and uh, they descend on her to try and cheer her up it's a very good moment I think yeah that was great friendship moments mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all go out to the pool Vivian and Kareen like very briefly try to like coach Andy through making her partner orgasm uh, Josh, absolutely clueless about this whole thing. They're they're talking about how you have to be, you have to build up to it. Like, you mm. have to be in the right mood, and things have to, like, you know, there has to be, like, a steady incline. And Josh is like, is that true? Is that, like, all the time? It's like, yes. Oh, my God. Ass. That was, first of all, once again, like, this is a moment, this whole weekend is not about Josh, but this moment in particular is not about Josh, and he's, like, making it about him. And also, mm-hmm. oh, my God, poor Nikki and every other girl he has ever slept with. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And Vivian wants to go back to that? I'm supposed to believe that Ugh. Vivian wants to go back to this guy who very obviously did not uh, do anything for her. Also, right. wait a minute. I just remembered this. But in the yes. very... When we first meet Vivian, she talks yes. about her current boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Who she doesn't... Ryan. She's not really into. She's, like, thinking about dumping him. But she's 
currently dating someone, and she is sad mm. that Josh didn't sleep with her on this trip. Oh, dang. Mm. I did not catch that about the the boyfriend. Jeez. What you doing there, girl? Vivian. Vivian, what on earth? Uh, then we get another song from uh, from Kareen. Also, just an awkward moment. Like, I don't know. I didn't hate you. You really hate when she sings. I didn't hate those. I just that like much. it's a very specific type. This one is better of song, and it just feels oh. like <laughs> I don't know why her voice feels like it just makes the movie. Like, them all staring, watching her sing about love and, like, mm-hmm. kind of cheering up. It just makes the movie, for me, like, 12,000 times more awkward than it already is. <laughs> I liked that they were trying to give some moments of, like, levity and them all relaxing together because that's what this trip was supposed to be about. But and we weren't getting any of it. I felt so like they I were crying they were whenever... To- Whenever Kareen sings, you just see them tearing up. <laughs> like, I didn't think it was relaxing. I thought it was like, oh, we're okay. digging back in. It's like, We what? got very different vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Vivian's theory about Lou not uh, orgasming is that she's too focused on Andy during sex. and Possibly because Andy is like, from what we've seen... Uh, when they have sex, Andy's like super into it and really intense. And so maybe Lou is like intimidated by that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the girl has anxiety. It's difficult to orgasm when you have anxiety. For sure. And then you get on anti-anxiety meds and they make it harder to do that. So. Truth. What's the, I gotta find this tweet. You guys talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) The next thing is... Uh, is it is it another interview? Kareen, Kareen's yeah, interview? It's Kareen, Kareen's interview, yeah. Yeah, this is one of the ones that I thought was hinting at some past trauma and stuff. Um, but, like, she doesn't really... No one explicitly talks about anything traumatic because I guess this movie didn't want to go there. But then, like, why even hint at it at all? I know, and it was hinting at, again, like some complexities and some nuance that it could have dug dug a lot deeper into i actually thought her interview was fascinating yeah she starts off she's like orgasms don't exist in the middle east and then like we just kind of leave that immediately and she's like talking about how she's trying to like reclaim i don't know this this part of herself and Mm -hmm. stuff i thought oh this is great stuff yeah and then and then we just kind of drop it and and never go anywhere near that again. Yeah, the interviews are so completely like disconnected. Discon- yeah, yeah. Com- com- and the th- you're right. The things that Karina is saying, she's like really comfortable owning her sexuality when she's on stage. She's a professional singer. She's a, like a stage performer, which is why she keeps singing for everyone. Which is why she yeah. keeps singing for everyone. And apparently in real life too, she's friends with the director, oh. and a musician. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah, random side note. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's really comfortable owning her sexuality on stage. But she feels when she's like intimate with like one on one in a private space with someone, she feels really like vulnerable and intimidated. Uh, and those are valid things. This is a valid dichotomy to have inside of a person. Um, and we just don't, it just doesn't get brought up. 
I wish, I almost wish that these interviews were just regular dialogue in the movie, just like people talking to Lou yeah, about their yeah. experiences. Agreed. That's what and I thought was going to happen in this movie. They were going to have a big like intervention. They were going to all sit together in a circle and like chat about their experiences with it and like help make Lou feel like it's not the end of the world if she doesn't have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Kareen says, Kareen says that she's never had an orgasm. Wait, she does? Yeah. I oh, thought I, didn't I remember catch that. I remember her saying that, like, she's not fully comfortable with, like, everything, like, having sex and stuff yet. She's, like, getting there. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure if that meant she's never orgasmed. I feel like she explicitly says that she's she's never had one. Oh. Uh, I can't. Why isn't that a bigger deal? Yeah. Her and Lou could have bonded. What? Her and Lou, like, never chat. Yeah. 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 I can't find the thing that I was looking for. That's um, true. But it's like, it was this tweet that was like, uh, sex with millennials is like, one, consent. Two, foreplay. Three, a 20-minute conversation about how your antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds make it really difficult to orgasm, but you're still having a good time, you promise. Four, sex. I've seen that before. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. And yeah, I was like hoping that. that that was going to be the vibe of this film. Yeah. And it simply is not. No. Yeah, no, instead it's, like, added to shame. Why are you shaming people? Literally. Yeah. The next scene I have written down in my notes is a, another sex scene. Is that... Yes. True very um, Okay. There's, like, uh, the van comes back from the restaurant. I don't know how Helen is driving. <laughs> she was definitely <laughs> smoking with them. Yeah! They hang out in the pool some more. If you drop a battery-operated keyboard into a pool full of people it will only hurt the keyboard (laughs) anyway then andy and lou have sex um and andy is trying her best to make everything about lou she's like here lie back let me focus on you let me take care of you because they still haven't talked you need to talk about this talk right why doesn't andy just be like oh what do you want me to do like why Mm -hmm. isn't that the first thing that you say Anyway, I also Which, wanted to point out that, like, all of the uh, sex scenes in this movie are shot in, like, a really, I thought, interesting way. Like, all of the sounds, there's not a lot of, like, background music or anything. And instead, all of the sounds of, like, breathing and, mm-hmm. and like, mouth noises. All the moans and stuff. Yeah, and the mouth noises are really amplified. Mm-hmm. Almost to an uncomfortable degree. I'm like yeah. watching this whole movie, and all of a sudden those scenes come on, and I had to turn down the volume because it got so <laughs> much louder. I agree. I definitely agree. And again, I'm just, yeah, I felt so frustrated. They need to be talking about this stuff. How are they going to right. a bachelorette party and they've never, and you know, they need to be talking about these things. Yeah, to be clear, Andy thought there was nothing to talk about, that like mm-hmm. they were both having a good time. Blah, blah, blah. Well, but they still hadn't talked about a dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like they still. How do you not talk about getting a pet with Clearly, your partner? Clearly, this, this this couple doesn't <laughs> communicate enough about multiple things. About multiple things, right? <laughs> Andy then gets off while going down on Lou, and like, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna just con- concentrate and focus on Lou, get your fingers out of there, girl. Oh, I didn't even think her hands. Well, I. See, I read it as, like, yeah, she just has a lot of 
top energy and just was into it. Mm. Yeah. That happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's genuinely, like, she didn't want that to happen. Like, it was an accident. Mm. Like, she wasn't trying yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, but her getting off kind of ruins the move, which is really sad. It's really <laughs> sad when like, someone... What? Why is that? Why is I that? Know. Like, just keep going. Yeah. But instead, she just stops and like stares again, at. Luke. It's heteronormative. It's heteronormative. Yeah. One partner has gotten off, and I guess we're stopping. Like, no. No. <laughs> that's the, yes. That's the whole thing. You can just keep going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they need to have a conversation so bad is what I've written here, uh, and they do kind of. Um, Andy is hurt. That Lou didn't tell her about this whole thing, which is valid. Uh, this is a long-term relationship, and you've been faking every orgasm that you've ever had. Don't do that. Yeah. That's gotta be, like, uh, exhausting at some point. Like, damn, gotta do this again. <laughs> yeah. Lou talks about how she's a little self-conscious because Andy is more experienced than her. Lou, uh, Andy is the only woman that Lou has ever been with, but mm. Andy has had lots of relationships with other women before. Mm. Andy says that she needs to fix this. She's like, that's the th- the thing that she's like fixated on is just repairing this thing that has happened. And Lou is scared that if they can't quote unquote fix this, uh, then they'll have to break up. And I just want to say that nothing is necessarily broken except your communication skills. Yes. Yeah, there's the only thing that you need to fix is stop faking things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just Other tell- than that, it's see it's still see and she says in the beginning of this movie that like or whenever whenever she she talks about you know um never having one or like being insecure about that she's like but i still like it still feels great i still have a good time so like clearly it's fine yeah that's the important part yeah, yeah. but then he's like oh uh well if i can't fix this thing that doesn't need fixed then i guess we gotta break up or something what why Which, is that the solution no. i mean i don't think that andy brings up the breakup lou brings up the breakup because she is scared oh i thought that was what andy said okay well regardless um i mean you might is, also be right why is that the solution like nothing's wrong here other than a little bit of miscommunication but Andy thinks that this thing is indicative of a bigger problem. And so that's what she's focusing on. And like, maybe it is, but that has not been demonstrated. Like, like we said before, there's been no moments where Andy has been like overbearing or uh, Lou has like let her anxiety uh, make her do things that she doesn't want to do or something because this movie is so disjointed and like you guys said oh this whole thing is improvised and i was like oh my god that makes sense that makes so much sense yeah that's why it's like that yeah right there's even a really great moment uh right after when they were opening presents and when like all the truth came out and andy and lou stepped out together outside where andy was like tell me what to do and i'll do it like i'll kick everyone out if you want me to and i thought like wow this is great this is a great couple and then we get oh they're terrible at communicating and andy's actually a bitch i'm like wait where where is this coming from i actually that did kind of feel like out of the blue too like that andy's like super control whatever in this Mm -hmm. moment yeah and lou says in this scene uh being with Andy doesn't feel safe and like oh my god that now that's that like, is bad that's, that's really huge. bad um like, that's I, the real issue here actually ignore everything else 
Who cares? Literally. You don't feel safe. And like this is this has had no build up whatsoever. And then Andy starts yelling at her. Don't yeah, yell at her. That that'll make her feel safe. Uh, seriously. <laughs> no yelling. Uh, Lou then storms out, which prompts all of the friends uh, left in in the house to like conga line upstairs to check on Andy. Um, and they're like they like knock on the door and like, are you okay? And Andy's like, leave me alone. Uh, and they're like, okay, we're here. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And Lou, like, starts jogging through the woods. Is her form, form still bad? This time? <laughs> no, it's, it's still... I literally wrote my notes. Form still bad. Bad, bad form. <laughs> She's also, like, in jean shorts, which doesn't seem comfortable for running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But it no. is, like, an impromptu thing. <laughs> it is impromptu. Uh, she eventually settles by, like, a stream. There are some bugs floating in the water. Nikki finds her and they talk and I feel like so much of the like for lack of a better word blame for this situation is being put on Lou and like it's true that she needs to communicate her needs but like Andy also needs to create an environment in which she can be communicated to like she needs to be open to suggestions right relationships are between multiple people right i mean before this we even get all of her friends coming up to her room and she's just like leave me alone and wants to be by herself which is fine you know but it's almost like symbolic of andy's just yeah sort of not willing not willing to communicate as well Mm -hmm. uh nikki says that lou needs to tell andy what she needs um, but Lou feels like communicating that kind of stuff makes her come off as mean and needy. And, like, again, we don't explore this as deeply as we need to. Uh, like, it just comes up in this scene where she's, like, she's got this deep-seated problem where she can't communicate, like, just the things that she wants and needs the way that you should be able to because she doesn't want to be pushy. Um, which is a problem that, like, a lot of AFAB people have because the ways in which uh, women and women-shaped people are minimized in society. And, like, this this could have been a movie about that, and it yeah. simply isn't. Yeah, right. She says, like, I, I feel like I can't talk to anybody. Like, it takes so much energy just to get myself to a point where I can, like, express myself, which at this moment I literally wrote down, well, Lou's so relatable. But also, <laughs> like like you said, we don't even see that. Just give me one moment of her, like, looking like she's hyping herself up to like express mm-hmm. something and then doesn't because of whatever reason just one moment and then i'd i'd believe this there are multiple scenes where like there's a bunch of people sitting around a table talking and eating she could you could have done that thing where she like says something no one seems to hear her and she repeats yeah. herself a couple of times and then just that stops been because great. yes yeah. that would have been awesome yep and also easy yep or like, what if what if the restaurant someone wanted to go to for dinner? What if she didn't want to go there, but she was too scared mm-hmm. to say that? Mm-hmm. And they get there, and there's like nothing really on the menu for her to eat, and she just like fakes a smile, like, "Oh yeah, I can find something," and she's like clearly unhappy. That that's all you needed. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? This is when Nikki confesses that the reason that she's divorced is that she had an affair because she wasn't willing to communicate with her husband. Um, and she's so she's like, don't be like me. I wasn't communicating my needs with Adam. 
and my husband and then I decided to cheat on him because it was easier to talk to a stranger than to him um, which again is an interesting dynamic and I wish we could have had more of Nikki uh, but instead we had Josh <laughs> yeah we could have gotten rid of some of like Vivian and Josh we could have gotten rid of them entirely and devoted mm. more time to these other characters I feel like mm-hmm. I completely I mean Vivian yeah why do we need both of them <laughs> I agree uh, Lou asks to be left alone by the stream. Nikki's like, do you want to come back? And she's like, no, I'm going to sit here for a while. And Nikki like leaves her alone to think. And then we get Vivian in front of the moose. Her sexual awakening started when she was eight. And that is super young for that kind so of thing concerned. to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it messed her up in the head. It like, she's got trauma from that that she hasn't processed. Um, and that unhealthy relationship, she feels like that unhealthy relationship with sex sabotaged her, like, natural sexual journey. And so she was, like, really scared of sex, like, as a teenager and in her early 20s. Um, yeah, and so again, now we these have, things like, are not explored. Right, we have two two characters with trauma, and yet we don't talk about trauma at all or anything. Yeah. Then uh, Lou, like, continues wandering around, like, the woods until it gets dark. Um, People start texting her to try and get her to come back. Um, They're really gentle about it in this ugly, ugly font. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, Andy just starts packing, uh, because that's how much she just doesn't want to have another conversation, I guess. Yeah, she just decided, oh, clearly the relationship is over. (laughs) Uh, Again, there's no build-up to this. Like, I would have, it would have been more believable if we saw Andy being an asshole in a flake. Or, Even or else once. being scared. Literally just once. Just once. Everyone's by, like, the fire pit, and <laughs> this is where Julie was talking about before with Helen and Kareen. They're, like, off to the very edge of the far left of the screen, and the your attention is very clearly supposed to be on everyone else because uh, they're talking. Uh, but Helen and Kareen are like looking deeply into each other's eyes. I love oh, my this eyes moment. immediately went to them. Yeah, my <laughs> eyes went to them right away. <laughs> we're spo- we're I- supposed to look at other people. Oh, yeah, I'm annoyed by whatever conversation the other people are having, and I'm just excited that Helen and Kareen are making out. I see now, Julie. I know you are upset that they were like not centered on the frame or anything but i actually kind of liked that it was this subtle side thing that we didn't like the movie didn't feel the need to super uh like emphasize that much i kind of liked how casual it was you know and Um, i i i can i can totally see what you mean it was almost i i do like that casual element i i just more so thought like that frame was almost like again sort of symbolic of the film of just like why couldn't we center the queer relationships um yeah but i do know what i i can totally see what you mean but the subtlety of it was kind of nice um and like sweet and that it didn't have to make it a big deal like it's so often when you know two queer people are making out sometimes it can get like really male gazy and it it didn't feel like that in the moment Mm-hmm. It was also kind of funny to me. Like, I paused the movie. I was like, wait a minute. What's happening? And then I hit play again. All of a sudden, they're still off to the side. They, like, start making out while everyone else is having a conversation. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. Everyone else is talking about how the weekend is, is ruined and it's Josh's fault. Yeah. <laughs> and then these two um, ladies. Yeah. But, and they're like, it's good that they have this opportunity to talk about this issue. 
is the mm-hmm. thing that they conclude. Mm-hmm. Like, that's good. Why don't we get more of that? Yes. Uh, and then a car pulls up and um, Lou, like, arrives at the fire pit and then a car pulls up and they're like, wait, we didn't, like, order food or anything. And it turns out that Andy is called an Uber. Uh, she's leaving because she thinks that she's the problem. That's not how that works. That's yeah. not how relationships work. <laughs> no. You have you have a relationship with at least one other person. You're both contributing. Uh, um, but again, we don't get Andy like in her feelings about this. We don't get Andy's feels. We don't get the feels. We are not getting the feels. It's really a shame because I love Constance Wu a lot. And Me like, too. Yeah. She deserved better in this movie. Um, also, I was so excited when I saw that it was Constance Wu. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> This is also a good opportunity to have a movie about a relationship that's sort of on the rocks where one partner is not 100% at fault. Like, they both did things to contribute to this problem, and uh, they both have, like, issues that are not necessarily their fault, quote-unquote, and um, so we could have, like, explored the fact that Andy, like, one bad thing happens, and she's like, eject button, eject button, like, that, are are you okay? Right. Right, but this is still framed as, like, Andy's a bad partner because she can't Mm -hmm. make her fiancé orgasm. Yeah. Right. And then, um, like, so, something's wrong with Lou because she can't orgasm. Yeah. Mm. Andy is, like, really down on herself. And Lou is like, you shut up right now. I love you. <laughs> I loved this moment, but it wasn't earned. Yeah. It, exactly. This is, yes. It's framed as the culmination of her, like, working through her anxiety and standing up for herself. But we don't see the steps that she took to get here. You don't get here overnight. You don't get here overnight. Also, also, mm-hmm. worst line in this entire movie. Worse even than everything Josh does to me. Okay. Uh, Andy says, if I can't make you feel good, why do you even love me? Uh, <laughs> it's like... Girl, what? What the heck? You do make her feel good. Yes! She still has a good time. And also, why do you think that's all a relationship is? Yeah. That's really sad, and it's not framed as being really sad. Go for it, Julia. I cut you off. I was going to say, too, like, feel good. Oh, my gosh. Like, that is a gigantic spectrum of, like, different things. Buying someone flowers, holding someone's hand, telling them they look pretty. There's so many ways to feel good besides an orgasm you know Mm -hmm. cooking for someone like all these things and of course i mean we get the vibe that andy has made lou feel good which is like or she wouldn't be engaged exactly (laughs) which is what lou says in this morning in this in this morning in this moment (laughs) Mm -hmm. right but she she starts yelling i don't feel like she says it well she doesn't yeah. because this was improv. <laughs> you yeah, need this, a second draft. Sh- if you're gonna if you're gonna improv the whole movie, fine. Have everyone sit down, do a table read where you improv, write yes. down when the setting changes, and then go back and edit it. All writing is rewriting. Yes, movies take shape w- in the edit. Yes, or at least you like can't this do scene this. should not have been improv. Like some yes. of the scenes yeah. should have been, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. But this should not have been. It's like the Breakfast Club. In the Breakfast Club, um, John Rogers comes in. He's got all of these teen actors, and he's like, "This is the loose format for 
the for the thing that I want you to do. All of the uh, basically all of the scenes where they're talking about their backstories and they are interacting like in the library are improved, and then they went back and added the scenes of like people like get the all of the kids getting dropped off because the five characters said my parents treat me like this my parents treat me like this my parents treat me like this and then they went back and filmed the beginning scenes where like Bender is alone and Allison's mom isn't talking to her and uh Claire's dad says that it's fine that she like uh, is in detention, but don't take the credit card anymore. Mm. Uh, because they improv those scenes, fleshed out those characters as actors, as artists, and then they went back and like fleshed out the rest of of those characters' backstories through those scenes. I'm sorry that I'm yelling. I really like <laughs> the Breakfast Club. And there's clearly like a format for when this kind of thing works. Uh, so why not just do that? Right. Well, you see, because this movie is bad. Because this movie is bad. (laughs) So bad. Gonna call this episode Hal Yells About the Breakfast Club. (laughs) (laughs) Lou is yelling. She's like, I still want to get married. Uh, We can work through this. Lou is standing up for herself and communicating her needs in this moment. And it's supposed to be a triumph and a celebration. And it just doesn't feel earned. Yeah. It doesn't feel earned. It just feels random. I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, of course, again, like I, I said, the dog. She's like, I want to get a medium-sized dog. That's the randomness. <laughs> they talked. They talked about dogs earlier. Andy asked Lou what kind of dog she would be if she was, if like, if Andy was a dog. Uh, mm. But they don't talk about the fact that they might want a dog. If they had talked about the fact that they want a dog in that moment. Yeah. Easy to it would have like led like led the foundation for set the foundation rather for this moment. Yes. And it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, Andy could be like, I'm not sure if I'd ever want a pet. Like, what do you think? And lose all non committal, like, Oh, I don't know, L O L and then we get at the end she's like yelling and she's like, I really do want a dog. It could have been the setup. You're right. I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to really quickly say, I said John Rogers before, it's John Hughes who made The Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> but continue. No, that was my thought on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then the last scene of like the main part of the movie is another interview, right? Unless there's more you want to uh, talk about with this moment. Also, all their friends are there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're just like observing just for the some couch. reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be like that, I guess. That's what it always feels like. not even the like we see them go into the house because they're worried and then they're like oh they're having a conversation and they sort of shuffle out that could have been a fun moment but no they're just on the couch yep just right there (laughs) that was really weird it was supposed to be funny but i just felt weird about it same same like mind y'all's business Mm -hmm. yeah so then lou uh, gets her final interview in front of the gay moose wall she says that she's glad that she's admitted the orgasm thing and thinks that her relationship is better without that secret in the air. And she's That's right, true. but uh, <laughs> not in the way that you think. But then, but then she's like, she says how you know I'm excited for I'm gonna like keep working on this thing and excited until I can you know finally have my first orgasm instead of saying like, good to know that relationships aren't just about orgasms, which is what she should have said. 
Mm-hmm. Andy can make me feel good in like a million different ways or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or good to know that like if I want to work on this goal that I can, but if I don't get there, then it's fine. Yes. Like if you want to have an orgasm, go for it. More power, power to you. But you don't gotta. Exactly. And then apparently there's secret titties. Yeah. There's like yeah. a dance party at the end. <laughs> Right, so when the credits start, they have, they finally play their, like, game where you, like, guess the boobs or whatever, and they're, like, all dancing around and feeling each other up, and I guess it's supposed to be funny. I don't know. I felt kind of weird about it because Josh was there, and I didn't like seeing that. It's Um, weird. Yep. (laughs) And then, and then if you, I was, like, confused because Hulu kept playing the credits instead of, like, you know skipping to the next thing i was like "Ooh, is there something at the end and there was uh at the very end Mm. of the credits um marvel cinematic universe they yeah they um just showed some of uh the people shirtless like we don't see who it is but we just see like from the neck down like to the stomach Mm. a couple people like they remove their shirts and i guess it's just supposed to be like oh the reveal at the end of the game or something or i don't know i guess that could have also been more like trying to destigmatize certain things but it uh, the movie doesn't earn that so it just felt kind of weird interesting i know know that boobs no face sounds bad sounds dehumanizing dang i mean yeah i don't know i it's you know for the game like and it, I again, I think it could be a fun thing, like, oh, boobs don't always have to be sexy kind of thing. Mm. Also, which, like, uh, would be fun. Also, random side note: the actor who plays um, Lou, I follow her on Instagram, and she, I think, around the time that this movie was made, um, was going through like breast cancer treatment and had a double oh. mastectomy. Mm. So I don't think we see everyone's boobs. Oh, so okay, the well, one then. I think I mean I wasn't like counting, but I think it's just a couple people's, and mm. we don't know who because we don't see their face. Well, I wonder if it was who knows. But that could have uh, been an interesting thing, you know, for this movie. But yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't do anything with that. They just put it at the end of the credits. <laughs> Fun surprise! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, and that's yeah, the movie. That's, that's the feel. <laughs> and that was the feels. Do we have final thoughts? This movie could have really been amazing and been about a lot of really cool things, but instead it was about <laughs> literally nothing. It didn't even make me feel anything. It's about the feels, and it wasn't about feels. <laughs> Would not watch this movie with my mom. <laughs> that's, that's such a shame, because it feels like it wants to be a movie that like a fun comedy movie that you can like you know watch with a lot of different people mm-hmm. that's but true it, yeah, i would not want to watch this with <laughs> anyone i wouldn't want to <laughs> watch this again i've already watched it twice i'd watch it drunk you know what i could play a fun drinking game oh that would be fun mm-hmm. we could do we could make up like some drinking game about how annoying josh is mm-hmm. and every time you feel secondhand embarrassment take a shot you would die instantly. oh i know what the tweet's gonna be this week thank you guys so much <laughs> anytime <laughs> this is the first one of these that we've watched that someone recommended to us who recommended oh, this 
You did. I did? Oh, God. I was telling you about this project, and you were like, oh, you should watch The Feels. And I was like, I've never heard of that. But that's because I think, didn't you ask me for some bad gay movie recs, and I said The Feels? It might have been that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The way (laughs) Hal told me about your recommendation, I thought you loved this movie. Oh, my God. I'm watching it, I'm like, hmm. Why oh does my she god! Like this movie? <laughs> it's so bad. It was literally terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I couldn't. Bu- I can't even believe that I recommended it. But it's because I watched it in the pandemic haze when I was just craving some queer content, and it just it really. Mm-hmm. I don't. Hey, know. we're not judging you. It's all right. Yeah, We've seen so much worse. <laughs> Have yeah. you really? Because this one was terrible. Oh, fam! This was. Oh, nothing. there's so many. This one has dialogue <laughs> and a plot. <laughs> Okay, well, there you go. Okay, well, there you go. Well, somehow I recommended it, and uh, after the second watch, I would definitely not recommend this. Thanks so much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, thanks for listening. You can find the show at ButIsIt underscore gay on Twitter. We are OKButIsItGay on TikTok. Uh, Our theme song is by Enoff, E-N-O-F-F, on Instagram. Uh, Julia, do you, are you on the internet? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Julia Coy, K-O-O-I. Um, I also have a website, JuliaCoyTalon.com, if you ever want to read any of my writing. Julia writes good stuff. Thanks, Hal. She does. It's lovely. Oh, y'all are so nice. Uh, Autumn's on the internet. <laughs> yeah, um, on Twitter at autumnal underscore season. Ooh, I like that. Cool. Uh, Thanks for listening and uh, stay gay, everybody.